This is Heather Fleming, founder and director of InPurpose Educational Services. And this is Delaney Ray, the assistant director of InPurpose Educational Services. And welcome to the Listen, Learn, Love podcast, where comfortable friends engage in sometimes uncomfortable conversations. So put your shame on the shelf. There is no room for shame here. And let's get ready to listen, learn, and love. So Heather. Yes, Delaney. You know, as well as most people know, that I have a house full of pets. Yes. And I happen to have six guinea pigs. Yes. Including Mr. Gus. Which is probably enough to certify me as insane. (laughs) Did you know that in Switzerland, it is illegal to only own one guinea pig? What? Okay, seriously. So hear me out. Okay, wh- why? Explain <laughs> that to me. Please. Hear, hear me out. Okay. Guinea pigs are very social creatures. They like to live in herds. Okay. Um, And so it is highly recommended to always have two, at least, guinea pigs. But to be fair... Right? A lot of people get one as a pet for their kid in the United States. Right. Well, you might be surprised. You won't be surprised at all. <laughs> Some people might be surprised. If you look around on the internet, there are groups specifically for guinea pig lovers and for guinea pig owners. And on there, they will rip you to shreds if they find out you only own one guinea pig if you don't have a companion for your guinea pig. So this brings up a really big conundrum. And here's why I brought up Switzerland and why it's illegal there. So what happens if you own two guinea pigs and one dies? What do you have to do? Do you have to buy another one? Right. And then what if one of those dies? Oh, so it's a never-ending cycle of guinea pigs. (laughs) Right. So in Switzerland, they've made it illegal to only only own one guinea pig. And they have a rental program where if one of your your guinea pig's companion passes away, you rent a guinea pig for your remaining guinea pig. Now, I bring this up because I feel like it's important. Okay. So here's, here's, here's my thoughts on this. We need to rent some of your guinea pigs. We need to, I need to start charging to rent people out. To rent your guinea pigs? My guinea pigs. I mean, it's a business plan. I do love my guinea pigs. Yes. I, I try to do what's best for them. Yes. They have lots of hay and fresh water and food and veggies. Yes. But they're guinea pigs. Yes. And and so I just thought of this today because I I see this all over the internet with all kinds of topics. Reading through comments of somebody completely ripping apart and trashing a a parent who just wanted to make their kid happy by buying them a guinea pig. Right. And then finding out that that would be illegal in Switzerland, even though this person lives in like Idaho, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think sometimes even when you're... You know what? I hate to distract. I, I'm I'm distracted real quick. Um, have you ever actually met anyone from Idaho? Well, that, no, I actually just threw that word out there. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, I've never. I don't think I've met one person that's like I'm from Idaho. Okay, it was just a question. Okay, go ahead. What were you saying? Sorry. So it's just making me think about 
people who are are zealots. You know, when when we get so wrapped up in our beliefs and so wrapped up in our passion that we kind of completely lose track of any middle ground or meeting people where they are or working together. So like that saying is, is this is the hill I'm going to die on, right? Right. There's a pastor in the um, ELCA church, which is what I belong to, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, mm-hmm. Emmy Kegler. She um, is a co-host on the Cafeteria Christian podcast, and okay. she um, has started her own ministry. I, I think it's called... I'm going to get it wrong. Queer ministry. She's she's amazing. But she posed the question once that really got to me. She said, instead of asking yourself, is this the hill I'm willing to die on? We should be asking ourselves, is this the hill I'm willing to kill somebody on? Oh, that's so a very we, good question. So are we willing to kill this mom who just wanted to buy a pet for her child on, on this hill? Right. I guess you know where I'm going with this. I do. This carries over into issues of equity, right? When we see these huge arguments online, when we see people that they're all not only willing to die on their own hill, but they're willing to kill Yeah, on those yeah. hills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we ha- we've had this conversation. And this week we had the conversation because of something that was happening. So anyone that knows me personally knows that most of the time, um, and I think I've probably mentioned it on here, um, I get kicked out of a lot of um, groups for mentioning equity. And so then I just start my own group, right? I do that all the time. Well, that's what happened with one of the crafting groups here in St. Louis. And so I um, started my own crafting group. And right now, that's like the biggest problem that we're combating is that, you know, people can't recognize and accept learn a learning curve for the individuals that are on our team. I'm like, y'all, they're on our side. They're trying to do the same things that we do. They may not have as much knowledge, but that should be okay. We should all be trying to, and I, I, I use the team analogy all the time, we should be trying to coach our people. And I, I don't see that happening. It's like, same thing, you know, you have somebody that's just trying to sell a craft product and then the next thing you know, they're being accused of being, you know, um, racist, ignorant, uh, homophobic, transphobic, like we go all down the line. It's like you all, this person is on our side. They came into this group for two reasons. The main reason was to buy or sell crafts. Okay. But then the secondary reason is that there is learning to come from it, but there's a way to do it. And I, I, I fear that this is something that happens often on the left and the right, if I'm going to be quite honest, you know, um, I don't try, I try not to mention political stances on here, but I think probably people can guess where I, <laughs> where I stand most of the time. But the bottom line is, you know, we, we do, we have this extremism and it's on both sides and the real and, and it's helping no one. And you have, 
so many Americans that, that feel trapped in the middle because it's like, I want to learn more, but if I ask the questions, I'm going to get like killed on the hill. And is this the hill I want to die on? Yeah. And I think, you know, we take somebody, just this example, I, I was talking about this parent who mm-hmm. probably loves guinea pigs and loves pets and wasn't going to mistreat the, this animal, wanted to do the best for the animal. It wasn't mm-hmm. like this is a person who came in and said, well, I can't decide between serving this guinea pig to my kid for dinner or keeping it as a pet, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> It was somebody who probably was all excited and and wanted to know more. And then, you know, they just were 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 shot down on this hill. Um, The other thing I would say is I I would love to see us move away from this idea of sides, I guess, simply because you and I were talking and and I know we somehow it came up about building a bridge between, Mm -hmm. you know, the two sides. And I was like, wait a minute. But but why? Why do we have to have two separate? separate sides? Why do we have to build this bridge that spans all the way across this divide? Why can't we just build an island in the middle where we can, where we can all come together? Um, that's idealistic of me. I, I get it. I'm just being like the, the <laughs> rose. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but I think if we, if we approach things from that, that place, right? Like if, if we, Give people a little bit of grace and goodwill. Speaking of grace, I did want to go back to, I, I misspoke earlier with Emmy Kegler. She, um, it's it's called Queer Grace. So she is a pastor, but she works really hard to be inclusive of LGBTQ. Okay. Um, and so a queer grace. I just want to make sure I put the, the right words out there for, for Emmy Kegler. In case that's a hill somebody's willing to kill me on, I just wanted to make sure I went back and I... <laughs> you corrected yourself. You know, I, I can see the idea of not having sides, but right now in this atmosphere, I think we have a moral ob- obligation to choose sides. Because we're in a, a time when silence is is complicity, you know, you're, you're complicit if you're silent. And so I the ideal world. Yes, Delaney, I want to live on a little island, all of the people on the left and the people on the right together in harmony, just disagreeing about taxes. But right now we're stuck in the middle of, of a, a fight for. Um, the ideals that we are going to stand for in the future and where our country is going to go in the future. And for that reason, um, at this moment, we do have to unfortunately take side, you know, uh, this, this, all of this. And it's so difficult because of the fact that, you know, the more that we have these discussions, the more that we have these disagreements, it seems like we get more and more and more and more and more divided. But it it, it kind of is a matter of there's so much, um, so many times that um, America has kicked the can down the road that I think that this whole COVID situation, this whole COVID, the the lockdown and, and the pandemic has just made it to where, no, you can't kick the can anymore. We're, we're at crisis point. And the hard part is that it's going to take some really mature 
um, adults to come into the conversation and to have the tough conversation and to create the best solutions, even if they're not the most popular solutions. And, and I, I don't know if we have that. I don't know yeah. if we have that in our national um, or even we especially don't have it in our state. <laughs> um, we only have a couple of, of adults and they're in the minority in our state, you know. Um, so it's it's very concerning. And I do agree with what you're saying. You know, as much as I do have the idealistic, can't we all hold hands and sing Kumbaya? Um, it isn't realistic. And trying to stay in that place doesn't create change and doesn't protect the marginalized people. It yeah. would be nice, though, I guess, when somebody wanders into that middle ground if we didn't shoot them. That is what we have to wor um, work on. Or even, you know, I see too many situations where even if they're not wandering into the middle ground, they're trying to get further in one direction or the other and the standing people, right next to you and you just shoot and right you're yeah. just like you're shoving them off the cliff and that's the problem that i have like one of the things that everyone is going to have to learn is that it's it can't be and we say this all the time i got this from you it can be yes and and it doesn't always have to be either or so someone can um, support the police and support Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Um, someone can be for Second Amendment rights and for better gun control. You know, like we have a I have a, a, a friend, Allie, that that she is straight up a hunter, you know, all of that stuff. But she's still advocating for. Um, can we have some gun control? Can we have some, you know, better rules, some background checks? She's advocating for those things, even though she's an avid hunter, because in the end, how is it going to impact her? It might be a little bit more convenient, but at least we know that that a gun isn't readily available to someone who is angry and wants to go on a rampage or an abusive spouse or, um, you know, we can go down a whole list. So that that's weeding, that's wandering into the weeds. I and might, I would like to say that I can. I get shot about that one. Right. I can, <laughs> I can vote for somebody for political office mm -hmm. and I can still criticize that person and uphold that person to the standards that I was expecting when I voted for them. Exactly. You know, exactly. Um and that's that's part of the problem. We have these belief systems where it's like if you don't support this candidate or if you don't support every single one of their actions, then that means that you're not loyal. Like right now, I keep hearing Dino and Rhino on, on the politi political spectrum, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, so Dino is Democrat in name only and Rhino is Republican in name only. Isn't there an H in Rhino? Not in this case, Delaney. <laughs> this is a hill that I am willing just, to just roll with me here. Okay, I'm just Rhino. saying that's what that's what it stands for. And so, but when we get to to having that, you know, on on the one side, anyone that doesn't support 
Donald Trump and all of his um, all of his actions is considered a rhino. And then on the the left, anyone who doesn't support Joe Biden and all of his actions, they're dino. Well, no, let's just get to let's get to what on both sides do we need to be doing in order to make our country better? And so look at what that person believes. Look at their integrity. Look at their um, ideas, et cetera. And not just, you know, the R and the, the D behind everyone's name. I, I'm in a group um, for my child's school district, our school district that we live in. And in this group, they were having a discussion about another group that is coming up and it's going to be a pack for basically to get conservative candidates on the school board. And the concern that I have there is that, hey, school boards are supposed to be apolitical mm-hmm. um, because we we vote these folks in to do what's best for all of our students and for our entire district, not to impose their personal beliefs and standards. And so it's very disconcerting to me that we're going to actually be fighting for for that, you know, um, at a level that we just absolutely should not be. And is that the main concern as opposed to looking at this person's track record, the type of person they are, their integrity, how, you know, I mean, there's so many things. That there's so many aspects that I would prefer correct. to look at rather than their politics, um, because there could be somebody that um, like, for instance, one of the school board members that I know and I consider uh, a, a really good acquaintance um, is more middle of the road, very middle of the road. Okay. And so she's been attacked on both sides because she's not right enough of issues for some people and she's not left enough of other issues for other people. But that's not why she was um, elected. She was elected to see about, you know, like financial oversight of our district. How do we best spend monies? What um, programs do we need to improve? Faculty and staff do we need to improve so that we can have the best um, district possible? Like those are the things she's supposed to be taking care of. She's not supposed to be um, completing a, a political agenda. I, and don't don't get me wrong. I get it. I really, really do. Again, this is the area where I'm naive because I totally understand that everything is political in certain ways. And especially when you get into elections and things like that, it's going to necessarily turn political. But we just have to have an expectation of what we actually are hiring our people to do. Like right now, our Missouri legislature is not really releasing, writing, passing any laws, too many laws that are actually going to make a significant difference in the lives of the most vulnerable people within our state. And, and that includes our children. So we're, we're caught up in our legislature is they're debating issues that aren't going to have a substantial impact. But what they do is they serve to divide. They serve to be for the one issue voters 
here is um, the political uh, boogeyman that we are going running after today. And unfortunately, they get people all worked up about issues that's that still it's like that's not going to have a substantial impact in the lives of you and your children. It's just not. And so we we I think that we actually owe an obligation to our community to start doing a better job of saying yes and and to and and to let people exist in that realm, in that space. I have issues that I'm very staunch on. You already know equity based issues. I am. I have a, a an opinion and I'm sticking to it. But if someone else's opinion is not harmful and hurtful, it's just different. Then one of the things that I have to learn is how to let that opinion exist out there. Without me denigrating it, without me, you know, being down on it, like, I'll give you an example, okay? And this comes from my crafting group again. And remember AOC wore the great dress to the Met Gala? Yes, the tax the rich. Yes, um, dress. Well, one of my crafters came and was like, Oh, I have to. And she designed a shirt that had the text the rich on it and in homage to that dress. And people, rather than being like, "Ooh, I want to buy it. There were a few people that did that. They started getting on there, like talking about all this stuff about AOC and blah, blah, blah. And this this poor crafter, I felt so bad for her because she's just, you know creating a product and so it's like hey if you like this dress here's a product for you and ended up being at the center of all of this fire and it just it was very upsetting to me because it was like a lot of the people that had negative and critical things to say aren't going to buy that product's not for them if you didn't like the dress this isn't your product so We've got to start learning to just let things exist as they are. It's not harming me if someone likes that dress or didn't like that dress. It's not harming me either way. It's not harming anyone either way. So on this issue, yeah, we probably shouldn't shoot someone on the hill. We probably shouldn't launch them off the cliff. Yeah, save your ammo for when right because is, they like to dress or they like a yeah. shirt. <laughs> if somebody comes in and is marketing a shirt that is clearly racist or clearly transphobic or clearly, you know, then yeah, maybe that's the hill. Yeah, right? maybe yeah. that that's the hill. We're gonna to, take a stand on that one, correct. but but just to be like, I don't really like how that is um, worded, or I didn't like the dress, or I didn't like this, I didn't like that then that product isn't for you. Or if there's something that you would have preferred, a lot of our crafters are doing things custom. That's conversation. And so that's the other part is that I think social media has damaged our ability to truly communicate well with people. One thing that I read, I think I've stated it on here before, is the problem with social media is that it allows us to have these deep, well, what should be deep conversations without intimacy. 
Yeah. You know, we, we can dive into any topic that in real life, by the time you had that conversation with somebody, you would have some level of intimacy, knowledge, love of that person. But on the internet, you know, one of my friends put it best. She said, the internet, especially social media, allows us to look into each other's bathrooms. And I thought that was such a frightening way to put it, right? Like the last <laughs> thing I want anyone is to know like that how private and personal is what happens in our bathrooms, right? <laughs> but it kind of does. Things that people used to have no window to into anyone else's life. Those those window shades are just wide open and we ha- all have access to each other's innermost thoughts and beliefs, but I'm not a- necessarily with the context or the intimacy to help us have those discussions without, without, you know, just suddenly being willing to shoot somebody on this hill. So I'm going to brag for a second. Not only have I seen your bathroom, we've cried. <laughs> we've cried in your bathroom. It's, it's wonderful. It's, we have cried in my bathroom. It but definitely is a great level of intimacy. <laughs> can I, I will tell this story. And then if you want me to go back and cut it out <laughs> of the podcast, I will. <laughs> Okay, what? (laughs) You almost died in my bathroom because I hadn't given you the explicit detailed instructions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Of how to use the bidet. (laughs) He installed a bidet and needs to say it's quite powerful. Lots of water pressure. Lots of water pressure. (laughs) She didn't warn me until afterwards. (laughs) Fortunately, I walked out like... Holy hell. <laughs> oh, excuse my potty word. <laughs> I mean, we're having, this, this is literally potty talk. <laughs> Heather was like, there was water spraying out my mouth like a fountain. Yeah, no, oh my gosh. I am definitely cleansed. I really am. <laughs> it, it was, it was incredible. So yes, you're right. But the reality is, is that no, not everyone has been in your bathroom or cried in your bathroom or almost died in your bathroom. <laughs> you don't, um, you don't know so, how many people have almost died in my bathroom. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just, but still, I'm sure it's only a small handful at the most. Yeah, just you. Yeah, just, okay. just me. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I just, um, yeah, I want, I want us to start like, I had this um, post on my page about basically when when a black person speaks well, quit accusing them of being, um, you know, acting white um, because, of course, the ability to speak well or, t- you know, being articulate, et cetera, it is not limited to one group, is not a feature of just one um, racial group. And as a matter of fact, your racial group has nothing to do with with your ability to speak. Um, but the people on on that on that post, they engaged in discussion so well about like what they what they learned, how they learned about it, you know, mistakes that they've made in the past, etc. And so then, I had one of my friends from England. He's from England. He he said, well, you know what? Um, Oh, no, this was on a different post. On a different post, he said to me, this, you're the master, you you are a member of the master race, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? 
gosh, you know, so I just put a question mark because this gentleman is so wonderful. He prefers women's clothes. He's, he identifies as male, but he prefers women's clothes. He is brilliant. Um, I believe he works in like the technology field. I actually became friends with him long, long time ago. Back when, remember when you played all the games um, through Facebook? Yes. Like they weren't their own individual apps. You had Correct. to play it through Facebook. And then you had to get friends in order to send you stuff. And so this was back when we were young and dumb and, and everything. And so I met him because I was playing a game. And when he made that comment, instead of being like, Oh my God, I can't believe you said that. I, I just put a question mark to be like, what does that mean? And he explained, he was talking about women. (laughs) Mm. And so you also look at the fact that the other part that that sometimes um, social media takes away from us is our ability to to accept different the the different nuances of language, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone reading that from anywhere, that word race here in America means something different than it does at times in England means something different than it might in, you know, India, than it might in um, Australia. And so we have this, this big global, um, these big global entities connecting us to people all over the world. And one of the things that we have to learn is to listen to language, ask questions, don't make assumptions, because he was not referring to my race. Mm-hmm. He was he was making a joke about women being, you know, owning the world, <laughs> being the best things in the world. And um, that I because of that, I could just do what I, I, I could take some rest if I wanted to, because I'm, I'm on top of the world type of thing. And if I had chosen to take that a wrong way, I would have lost a, a, a friend that I really do like. He is a neat person. And I think, again, that's something we do better in person. I think if he had said that, you would have been able to take from his demeanor, his energy, that he wasn't being negative. And so it would have it would have set you at ease more immediately to say, wait, what? Whereas on the Internet, because you don't have any of those other things that we use to kind of feel out where someone's coming from, you could have easily taken that the wrong way and just come out just ran with it right and I don't need to do that I'll say this last example then I'll you know I'll be quiet and wait until next week to talk again but you know we've just got to we've got to do a better job of um, communicating with one another I you know how I discuss things when it comes to race when it comes to any of these I talk in a very conversational manner. I talk to teach and not to um, attack most of the time. And you'll be, well, I don't think you would be surprised, but, you know, I'll type out something on the internet related to race and, and people will be like, why are you attacking me? What? I was just stating a fact. I was trying to, I was trying to teach you about this. But again, they don't, they don't hear that tone. And so they read into it what they are what they are actually feeling you know what i'm saying 
So it's not that I'm the angry one, but that they are angry and they have moved now into this space where they're going to take offense to anything that happens. The other truth is you always find what you're looking for. And so if somebody comes looking for a fight, they're going to find a fight. If somebody comes looking for proof that another person is bad, mean, angry, whatever, they're going to find it because they're going to, that, that's, that's all they're looking for. That's what, that's how they're going to process information. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I have one more idea. Bottom line, we've got to do better and I love it. Okay. One more idea. Yes. One more idea that I just came up with. That's brilliant. Okay. If you have anybody that mm-hmm. you've decided that there's a hill that you are willing to die on or shoot them on, and they happen to live in Switzerland. <laughs> we just send them one guinea pig and then we call the cops. <laughs> I I like that plan. I really do. Totally feasible. Hey, lady. Yes. I love you. Love you. Let's do this next week. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can email us at listenlearnlove at inpurposeea.com. Find us on Facebook at Listen Learn Love Podcast. And please consider supporting us through Patreon at patreon.com backslash listenlearnlove. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at inpurposees or on Twitter at inpurposeea. Hey, we'll see you next week. <laughs>